Welcome. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Lord John Toohey. And this is Invasion of the Potty Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. Beep, beep, Misty. <laughs> All right, no, we're back and we're not back alone. We've got another episode of this zombie series of seemingly recalling Purple Brain. Because it's an awesome name. It's just, it's inescapable now, like the zombie apocalypse. Um, but as I said, we're not back alone. And this time we got Adam Kale come back. Adam, you appeared on our MDK Presents. We were doing the coverage of the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. And we got said, we're going to get you back because, you know, you directed the movie Follow the Dead. Check it out. That's awesome right. Irish zombie movie. And um, we said we'd get you Some back. Irish on. zombie movie. Follow yeah. the dead. Check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> and um, we said you get, we'd get you to come back in our zombie series. And uh, you, uh, this zombie series, the hitch is, like we said before, that the guests picked the movie. And what's the movie you picked for us, Adam? Let the folks know. So uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, love listening to your to your show. We listen to a lot of your, a lot of the episodes since uh, the last time I was on, which is and uh, yeah, I really really love what you guys are doing. So it's great. And thanks for having me back on. The movie that I picked was Twenty Eight Weeks Later. So the sequel to the Danny Boyle like, kind of iconic fast zombie rage horror movie starring Killian Murphy, Twenty Eight Days Later. That's the one. And what's your That's relationship the... with this movie, Adam? Like, have like when, uh, first of all, what's your relationship with the Twenty Eight? days or 28 later whatever you want to call this franchise but what's like did you were you a big fan of the first movie and how did you feel uh, the sequel did when it came to evolving the franchise and expanding the world yeah i mean i like i think that danny boyle first of all is an incredible director i think that he, he really he, like myself i think that that he he tries to focus on what he's trying to say not just on um you know it, it's it, it's not just about uh, entertainment it's it there's, there's a message there and, and i find that um, I, I feel that 28 Weeks Later is a very strong um, sequel to the first one. I, I think for, for a lot of people, if it, it possibly fell short because it's, it's, it seems like it has a, an entirely different tone to the first one. The first one seems much more kind of subdued and, and um, it's, it, like, it's, it's very, it is very character driven. The second one becomes, a, like 28 Weeks Later is, a, is an action film, really way mm. more than the first it one. Is, it is, of course. Yeah. It really is. And it gets, uh, for me, it gets much more visceral. I, I think that the, the fact that 28 Weeks sometimes gets a little bit um, of, of hate is it's frustrating because there are things that it does that I actually believe are better than the first one. I don't think overall it's a better movie than the first mm. one, but I do think that there are certain things that it does um, that, it, that like the some of the death scenes that I'm sure we'll get into, I think are much much more like they're harder to watch. Um, and I think that fingers in the eye, yeah, no, some absolutely, eyes, yeah, you know, yeah. on, uh, setting innocent people on fire, you know, that <laughs> kind of stuff. So it's, mm. there's you know, and and then um, toasted hot. I think. Sorry? Toasted Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toasted <laughs> Hawkeye, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then just the fact that like so I feel that the the theme of the second film very much is about finding like it's 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 very hard to find the balance between when you have to think about yourself in these situations and when you have to consider other people and i think from that very first opening scene that opening scene man and 28 weeks later is one of the best opening scenes in any movie ever Mm. yes it really is because you know what that's not hyperbole no i I actually do genuinely think that's a fair statement to make Mm. it's that good that you're not just saying, I think it's one of the best ever. Like we would lots of days ago. No, it fucking was. It was a phenomenal opening yeah. scene. Absolutely. And so it really, it really stuck with me. It stuck with me a lot more than like I'm, I'm not exactly a, 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 a zombie movie connoisseur, but I have seen a lot of them. But the, but 20, 28 weeks later sticks out to me because of the things that it gets very right. And that opening scene, it's like 
you know, it, it's a microcosm of the entire film in the sense that it immediately makes you kind of, because you've got the um, Robert Carlyle character and he's running off from his wife who he's left to, you know, I, 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 he's left her to die while he's trying to save himself. But he's mm. but the situation that he found himself in at that moment where he has to make that decision, it's like she's chasing after this kid that she's trying to save and she puts herself in a precarious position, you know? And then yes. it, so ba basically ask the question of the audience, what would you do in that situation? We all felt that, you know? Mm. We all felt like that absolute like, suicide. Like, absolute kid, suicide. Yeah, of course. But die on yeah. your morals. Yeah, totally like absolute suicide. Make make no make no mistake about it. Or I think everybody's going to answer that question differently, mm -hmm. man. I really think yeah. everyone is going to well, feel. Of course. You know, it's such a range of emotions that you'll get from different people about about that scenario. You'll get some people saying, "Absolutely, I'd be the hero, whatever, die on my sword." You'll have mm, some yeah. people. You'll have some people who will will mean that. You'll have some people who will only say it because they think it's the right thing to say. And then you'll have other people who are like, "Look, she 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 brought this on herself." <laughs> it, it, it's there's i i live or no one lives mm. and this you know because and, and you can't exactly realistically as 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 hard as that was to watch and as much as you're sitting there thinking oh you fucker it's really it's it's also difficult to say that to say concretely and honestly that you wouldn't have done the exact same thing as him to be yeah. fair you know yeah. if we yourself, like, like fuck off and like oh if i was in that position i would shut the fuck up <laughs> before you even before you even start talking shut the fuck up yeah. you haven't got a goddamn clue what yeah you would i'm do. using that kid as right. a human shield immediately i have no emotional attachment to him i just met him a minute ago that's my wife that kid is dying <laughs> so fast <laughs> like, I'm just no, like, no, she's it. like i'm saving the kid i'm like no nah, i beg to differ <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I'm, so like this is what i'm saying but, but this the the, the 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 way that you're you're feeling it's like oh I, of course you don't want to see the kid die and then when the wife makes that decision to, to chase after the kid anyway you're like oh i don't want my wife to die yeah but it's, it's now it's just either i die or i live and that's you know that's the end of it and so like that's the microcosm of then what goes on to be the whole thesis of the rest of the film because then there are so many scenes where it's like well if this didn't happen or this didn't happen we wouldn't have ended up in the situation and is it better to start you know because then the military start killing off all of the people who are in the, the quarantined area that's now compromised. Yeah, snipering them from above. Yeah, right, and you're like, oh, yeah. these are innocent people. But it's like, well, but the pandemic could spread. And, you know, so it's yeah. like... Oh, it's a fucked up thought exercise. That's why I always think yeah, yeah. films like this are. They're fucked up thought exercises. Well, what what if? Like, what if? Yeah, yeah. Would you say that, well, if this is 100% going to get to Vinny has a daughter who's 100% going to get these kids what would he be willing to do to dark oh, fucking I'd, answer and that's that's, that's the so uncomfortable thing that a good yeah. horror film could do to you <laughs> they make you realize a dark truth about yourself <laughs> to save my daughter but you I would so many but more you would i wouldn't even bat an eyelash yeah. but you would like, that's the dark thing like that's the i'd be dropping people like her like flies <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i'd be like i'd put my daughter in my backpack you know what i mean and i'm just like even there we're going to close your eyes daddy's got some killing to do <laughs> but I know, oh yeah, this this film was. Uh, I, I think even as intense as Twenty Eight Days Later was, I, I I think this film did not let you get a foothold at any mm. point. Yeah, not right. like uh, there wasn't like a. 
Yeah, I, I just think <sighs> what 28 Days Later showed us you know? was uh, the story of a small group of people and how it affected people on a very personal level. But this showed us how it affected the Britain on a national level and what the yeah, ramifications yeah. are of the outbreak and how people are going to try and integrate into this new world or this new society in the post-infection uh, zone brain. And that's why like, the difference was like uh, one was very uh, micro and the other one's very macro in terms of the scale of the, of the movie because uh, Noel is all you're saying, micro, macro in your face but um yeah <laughs> but uh, no so like i just think that that's what the two the, the the kind of difference in the two movies that one was kind of show you the personal journey of one family of one person of his yeah. relationship with one stranger and how good that can develop in a, an apocalyptic world and um yeah. this has showed how it affects society how it affects uh people on a grander scale and how it affects the uh, how the world is going to look because one is 28 days there it's only a month after the outbreak this is 28 weeks there it was like six months <laughs> no it's gone backwards it's gone 90s rapper um but like so it just shows you that it was whack i yeah, found the whole thing yeah, I, I, quite <laughs> often i found it whack. No, it just shows you that like uh, the differences between the two movies that one uh, and i think it's the reason why i think comparisons are a bit unfair because yeah. one is a very yeah. broad uh, in terms of the scale and scope of the movie mm. and story it's trying to tell it's talking about uh, immunity the next step you know the maybe the save uh, the salvation of humanity against this infection in the global scale yeah. before it uh, develops and then one's about this guy he wakes up and it's about this personal kind of like rick grimes and the walking dead his personal story mm. and his journey and trying to figure out what this world is and how to exist in it where now this yeah. is talking about a societal level i think that's the two kind of differences between the two movies that the scale and scope of the stories you know Adam, would you agree with that? Because like, I, I put the question to you after a short diatribe. If you were like watched uh, like Michael Keaton's Batman and then watched Batman Returns, you could say, oh, the first one and the second one, I preferred this one because this one, this one. But when you are looking at something like this, it's not yeah. the carry. It's actually a story of the outbreak. So do you think that the comparisons that quite often happen between 28 days and 28 weeks is kind of unfair because I don't know if you can hold them because it's not Batman comes out again, but this time to take on the Penguin, it wasn't like that. It was about mm. the outbreak and it was the outbreak looked at from a different angle. So do you think, narratively wise, do you think it's a little bit unfair the way people compare the two? I, I think it's it's unfair to compare them when they're not supposed to be totally the same and it's not meant to be the same scenario as, as you, you pointed that you pointed out that it's, it's it goes from uh you know this this kind of a small 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 scale story to a much much larger larger grander scale and what the, the most important thing when you're making a film is to is to stay true to the philosophy to whatever the the thesis of the story is so it, considering they're trying to say two completely different things, the only thing that needs to stay consistent is what what are, what's the logic behind the first movie, and does the logic carry on to the second film? And it does. Fair. Everything no, stays no, yeah, contained, fair, yeah. you know. So whatever, it's not that they're not technically the rising from the dead zombies. They're they're rage filled human beings, right? That that the logic about what they are uh, stays the same. Um, yeah, I'm sure if you're to like a lot, in a lot of zombie movies, you have to, you know, you've got to destroy the brain. Whereas in this movie, you shoot one of them in the heart and they're down. That logic yeah. will stay the same. The things that need to carry over, carry over. Apart from that, you got to think about it as, as in it's a totally, it's a new, as you, as, as you said as well, uh, Noel, it's, it's a whole new different um, group of people. Mm. So it's not following the same characters. And so therefore you've got, um, yeah, you've got to think about it in terms of, 
what's that particular film trying to say? I don't, I don't think it makes any sense to be like, oh, well, it, it, it didn't feel like the first one. Shouldn't. It supposed if we just had like another fucking one. dude wake up in it, we would just, it would feel rehashed, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, mm. go yeah, big yeah, or yeah. go home. And I, I, I've often said to Vinny that I, I hate that the, the sequel always kind of goes right. So we don't bring anything new. But we yeah. have more of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah more yeah. of the bad guys and more guns. Yeah. And instead of in a building, it's in a business estate or a planet. Michael I, Bay know, logic. Like, Michael Bay logic. So, but at this mm. time, again, because twenty eight, it's about the rage virus. Yeah, yeah. This one took it and it, it gave us a wider scale look for it. And it's not for you. It's not for you. It was for me. I yeah, thought, yeah. I I love the tempo of this film. I really yeah. really enjoyed the tempo. Well. I I love the narrative tricks of the place as well. Like because like immediately it's it's pulling red herrings. Because like you think initially that uh, Robert Carlyle is going to be the central protagonist of the entire movie, and it, like it uses him as the focal point of its intro. It shows you like the decisions he had to make just to survive in this world, and it shows you then later on his position in this new world that's kind of sprouting up from the old. And like you immediately think he's going to be the central protagonist. The whole movie is going to be focused around him. And then it plays with this thing that like he in a lot of ways is actually the core antagonist for this movie because mm-hmm. you, you don't really have, like I would say, the classic sense of a bad guy because the rage, the infection, the virus itself is the villain. But he's just like a victim of it himself. But like you see the way it plays with you because for the whole opening 20 minutes maybe of the movie, you think it's all going to be focused around him. And then they do this kind of little sidestep and it's focused around Jeremy Renner, Imogen Poots, uh, 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 Rose Byrne. And I don't know the little dude's name. And I just thought it was clever because it set you up for one thing and then it just led you in this other way and it's kind of opened up a new avenue with the whole immunity and then we got to see the wide scale outbreak and the decisions people have to make in these scenarios and the napalm and then all these things it was just a very cool uh way of not only shifting narrative but also growing the scope from the original as well because it made sense to do it in the in the context of the story you know yeah, definitely. And this is what I'm saying about following the internal logic. I mean, the fact of the matter is when you're, you're, you're watching the, the first part of the story, it's the outbreak has just has just happened. And we know that it's only happened on this island. You know, what I mean, the, the, mm. the virus hasn't got off the island when you're then looking at what's the story, what's the story going to be when it's 28 weeks later. So the Americans come in and they're be the be the head honchos leading the situation because that's what you'd expect to happen in the real world. So the Americans come in and they're trying to keep put the put Britain on lockdown and you know, it, 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 when you know that that's logically the next step in terms of how the world building needs to, to happen, then you sit and you go, right, that's going to happen. What story can I tell within that world? And yeah. that's that, that, you know, that's the appropriate way to then take on the, 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 the next chapter of, of the narrative. Um, exactly right. It's not about, OK, let's have more of the exact same thing. Yeah. And if that's what people wanted, then I'm sorry, you're going to movies for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, because like uh, because just at the time scale itself, the two experiences and the stories are going to be completely different. One's mm-hmm. is at the initial outbreak, and the other one's really like almost post outbreak, and like you yeah. can't tell the same story because the elements. The story is the outbreak. The story is the disease. The story is the outbreak. Yeah, and what what did you make of the Noel Trotune and Adam? Uh, what did you make of this? Is kind of like the Danny Boyle uh, movie was kind of like the Bert in a lot of ways of the fast zombie. And what mm-hmm. what did you think of this, Noel? Oh, you know what? Again, uh, we only shouted uh, out a friend of mine uh, in the last uh, series because he was telling me we had to do uh, Invasion of the Potty Snatchers, which we did for our 50th. And yeah. the same guy, fuck you, Colm, um, <laughs> uh, debated the, yeah, fuck you, fast, Colm. <laughs> the fast zombie. 
versus the slow zombie became mm. this kind of debate in this little email group I was in at work because we were all working for the same department mm. and uh, it was the fast zombie versus the slow zombie. Is there room okay. for the fast zombie? I can't remember who was team fast. I can't remember who team slow. All I know is I fucking hated it. All <laughs> I know is was the film enjoyable? Fuck off. Like, yeah, geez. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but like my friend, our, our friend Mel, he's a purist and a right. zombie are hard to kill, uh, relentless and have numbers. Now, they're not smart. They're not fast. They don't sleep, though. You know, like, so they have all yeah, of these yeah. pros and all of these cons. Mm. They're actually quite survivable, but are they survivable indefinitely? You know, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. They, they, they box you in, and then you end up, like, using all your resources, and you need to get out. But they don't need any resources, and there mm. is something to be said for that. These 28 weeks later, I think, they need resources. They actually yeah. still survive. It's a rage virus but they yeah. still survive on the simple logic that at some point they eat, drink shit, all of that kind of shit. And um, sp- yeah. I, I, I just, all I knew is I had time for it. And the yeah. zombie, the zombie thing is it's, it's gone from being a medical thing to a, a, a you know, a curse thing to absolutely everything. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I was like, if we were allowed to do it for vampires, because vampires, the blade yeah. vampires, it's a, it's a blood disease. And then you have like Bram Stoker's Dracula. And it's very much like cursed God and became cursed mm-hmm. himself and all of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So no, I, I had loads of time for it. All I know yeah. is I found when they come barreling around and it's not like, Oh, I can scare them off because I have a, a baseball bat with a mm-hmm. nail in it or even a gun. They don't give a fuck. It's it's human beings completely succumb to rage. Yeah. That's terrifying. The tunnel sequence in Twenty Eight Days Later is terrifying. Phenomenal. When it changes, uh, with Brendan Gleeson getting the one drop in his eye. Yeah, I get always thought that was get away from me. Just get away from me. Just get away. <laughs> yeah. Like and, and then his frustration with her for even questioning him. Yeah. Like you know, he he goes from one to ten, and and it's literally oh yeah mm. no I I had time for it, but people but the argument then became are they zombies? Right, yeah. that's that is the question. Like, it's so does, that, I, I, again, you've got to cast a wider net. So, I think to, to hijack to a degree, I'd hijack uh, Vinny's question and, and shift it slightly. Adam, are they zombies? I would say technically, no, I would say they're not, they're not zombies in the sense that they're not the living dead because they're not dead. I would define mm. zombie as the living dead, right? That's just okay. No, it's nice. That was actually that. quite simple, yeah. You know, there's a debate around it, but that's a quite simple. Like something that doesn't have, yeah, an animated corpse doesn't have a heartbeat, doesn't need to sustain itself. Mm. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. But it doesn't matter that it it doesn't matter that that's not what these zombies are because they're telling a particular story for a particular situation. But what matter what matters is the 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 context of the narrative. They're 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 this way in this story for a very specific reason, and you certainly can't say that it doesn't increase the stakes to a large degree. Because as you've already pointed out, Noel, if you're if you're if you're dealing with a normal zombie, the traditional classic zombie, we'd say, and you're doing you're dealing with them one on one, most people are going to do pretty okay in that situation, right? Mm. They're slow, they're lumbering. You're probably going to get your hands on something before they can get to you, and you and you take them out, go for the brain, whatever. The zombies are certainly more threatening in the 28 days later universe because of the fact that they are they're quicker they're that little bit savvier because they're not really dead and all this so it, it you know i mean it's done it's done for particular narrative reasons mm. and it's certainly increasing the stakes in, in, in that regard does it but like are they essentially functioning as the same thing but quicker yeah because it's just yeah. you know these things that are going around trying to eat other human beings they're just more vicious and they can do it at a faster pace yeah. yeah, it's like uh, what they did was with the zombie trope is the zombie is the the human need to feed 
kind of yeah. boil down and that's what keeps them alive their need to feed whereas the rage is that one singular emotion that they use to bring their zombies to life is that the only thing that's really alive in these is the rage that humanity has within them or whatever and it's that kind of end to the nth degree in the same way hunger with the you know the stereotypical zombies so like even though it's technically not a zombie i can understand that it is a definitely an iteration that kind of classifies as a zombie in a way if you if the if the definition of zombie is where you boil a human down to one particular emotion and that's all that's left and it creates this yeah. zombification because like if you look at like even propaganda around the world and how that can create zombification because even though it doesn't create the living dead it creates this one set in stone mindset that never changes or alters in the same yeah. way as zombies need to feed or rage victims need to just be rageful and attack and just fucking cause mayhem so even though it's not a zombie i can understand that it can still kind of like technically operate in that world because it is really just boiling humans down to that one yeah. thing that makes us something you know at our core whether that be the need to feed or our inherent rage that we have from being primal creatures and yeah you know, evolving from apes and I, shit. i think yeah. what i enjoy is that both of you were absolutely equally right and equally wrong ergo but it's true though isn't it because it's, yeah. it, is it not like I won't be like, you know, I get jacked out. Help me, Vinny. The zombies had me. Actually, you know, technically. Whenever you cry out in desperation, yeah, see, I, that's I, I, what this should be called. Again, they're not exactly the walking dead. You know, like, well, no, now that you yeah. mention this, right? No, definitions, <laughs> definitions, <laughs> definitions completely they? fly out the window in a situation where you're essentially, well, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with the exact same kind of enemy. It's just that you know there's a slight uh, different manifestation of their abilities, yeah. but you like what you're talking about, Vinny, is like it's pure unbridled id. If yeah. we were to talk about it in in, in uh, uh, psychological terms, right? So there's just pure unbridled id. It's just desire uh, it di- dialed up to a thousand, yeah. and they're going to get what they're looking for by hook or by crook. You could then, like by 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 virtue of that definition, though, you would then have to extend it to things like I don't know if you guys ever watched the TV series Firefly and the movie uh, Serenity, but the Reapers who are in that they are basically the exact same thing, where they're they're just they're they're basically just people uh, that that are pumped pumped up with rage, and then their extension of their um, uh, malicious um, methods of, of acquiring whatever it is that they desire extend not only to eating flesh but also mm. raping and uh, and is sadism in general. Um, oh, so... good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you could consider editing around that one. <laughs> Wait, producers in my ear. No, we should edit around it. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like carnal. But it is a terrifying thought of like yeah. what, how much of you needs to be stripped away before you become debased, like yourself to this point, and is it as much as you would like? Yeah, to exactly. How much of you is there that can, like that like yeah. how much like there, how much is there as you said that is there that keeps you human? How how much is there that keeps you civilized? Like, is there yeah. as much as you think there is? Like, it's it is a great question. Like, you know, it's like, I remember I've been proposed by some American what uh, evangelical Christians, and it was like, yeah, but like, and these people that don't have God, well, what's going to keep them from like raping and killing and pillaging? And I was like, seriously, like, it's still wrong, is it? Yeah. That's not what we were arguing. <laughs> yeah. That was not the point. <laughs> Who the fuck posed that question? <laughs> But no, it's again, it's, it's and I always love a, a horror film that a horror film that asks a question of you, 
and and that yeah. is like what would you do and sometimes and, and when you're being honest with yourself it wouldn't be like well my my answer would be like just total badassery it's not it's not like as in yeah what if you had to what if you were like you know like, uh, sophie's choice and this, this film was just like a bunch of sophie's choices oh i'd yes. kill Meryl like, streep is that an answer yeah well maybe you know <laughs> yes. oh, uh, but i do think that this film was i, I think this film's a gem i think people just don't like sequels sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, or they I, want more of the weird. same. And, you that's know. the weirdest thing. That's so. That's the strangest thing is when the general audience, general population are just they're they're expecting to say, see the same thing again, just slightly different. It's mm. like that's when you end up with a Quiet Place too, which I, yeah. I I didn't find that to be a particularly fantastic sequel to the first one. And all they were doing was more of the same. Whereas you get. Terminator 2 is not the same as Terminator 1 by any stretch of imagination it's, and it's, it's lauded as one of the greatest sequels of all time Alien and Aliens as well like. right like, yeah you... Aliens for me is an even better example because I thought it was a thing where they went bigger but they didn't actually because they didn't have the, the special effects or anything it was it was hinted at there were dots in a different way. there were dots in a radar is in like oh yeah, my god yeah. there's like 60 of them and then one tail comes down from you know it's wall to wall out there <laughs> yeah it's wall to wall out there but you don't actually end up seeing it. so yeah no i, I absolutely true. agree but i always like i mean i always put it back into terms of music and i always found that that there was a picture that really was like waiting for your band to release a new album and there's the guy that's angry that it sounds like the old album and there's <laughs> the guy that's angry that it doesn't sound enough like the old album right and they're yeah. like almost the two only audiences you can play to and i think yeah. with something like 28 days later i think this especially it's a great example of no we're not carrying on killing Mur- Killian Murphy's story. We're talking about what happens to the world. And now yeah. we've taken the scale. And it, it makes sense to do it in this sense mm. because Absolutely. it spreads. Absolutely. And now it's about it's about the outbreak. And I think that's why A Quiet Place too. It, it, it was just like more of the same. And it's not introducing us. When we yeah. were introduced to those creatures, that was epic. Mm-hmm. And now they try to like just introduce us again. We were like, yeah, that's good. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I didn't leave. I left the cinema going. I remember like, did you enjoy that? I went, yeah. yeah. I would probably yeah, have taken you know when your your voice is a little tiny bit pitch off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have probably introduced an, uh, a kind of a like a, the the initial aliens were just kind of like the scouts or the ones that were there to do the, mm. the you know to, um they're the kind of the, the, the grunts the, the the pawns whatever yeah but then oh, you introduce scouts them, that's the word you're looking for the drones. Yeah. And you introduce a bigger, a bigger, more deadly one, and you know that uh, like something has to has to uh, escalate. But um, they, they, you know, they, they, they didn't really do anything with the story that that progressed it in any meaningful way. Um, and and so like, you, can you if you imagine what what would it what would a twenty eight months later look like after yeah. doing those first two films? What's it? So at the end of the of twenty eight weeks later, you you see that the virus is now getting off of. The, the British islands because now it's now they're in Paris right now that's the to be honest with you that's the one aspect of the movie that I also felt was a, was a little bit cheap at the end because the big the whole thing from the very very beginning was that was that the decision made by uh, Robert Carlyle's character ultimately led to the island uh, uh, to, to the, the, the virus getting off the island because you have um, the fact that he goes back out of guilt to speak to his wife who he left behind he kisses her he get ends up getting the virus and he ends up going on a murder a murder spree then quite one <laughs> like a pretty, a pretty, pretty good murder one. spree pretty good pretty, like intense. you know not, not... ultimately leading to him biting his son 
and his son has the same um, uh, immunity as his mother had. Mm. And then the son is being taken off the island, you know, and that should have been, oh, no, the virus is getting off the island. And then they're like, oh, well, now we're seeing the zombies getting off the island anyway. So it's like it kind of cheapens that whole that side of the story. So that kind of annoyed me just so we could see the zombies running towards the, the Eiffel Tower, yeah. you know, just for that image. Uh, they've ruined that kind of, you know, the story. Uh, with the ominous kind of uh, the end and leave yeah. it to your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we know that now the, the, the virus is off the island. If we were going to watch it 28 months later, it's mm. going to be an even on an even bigger scale. And it should be because that's where the narrative went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense because like first you have it as the person level, then you, you expand it to kind of more of a national level or like, you know, a whole city. And then you get to see the global imp- implications global, of this yeah. uh, outbreak or you, even if you have it where you can just kind of contain it in Europe. And the problem with Europe is that if you get into like a central Europe, that everything's so landlocked that the virus can spread so quickly. Look at COVID, like, you know, we all just lived through for the past two years that when something hits landfall in Europe, it can spread quite quickly because of the geographical locations of all these countries, you know? So it makes perfect sense if you drop in 28 months later and you see like the global implications and the story is ramped up where humanity's on its last legs and it's trying to fight against the rage virus. Like it it makes sense. And there's lots of meat left on this story. Like, you know, and like one thing I liked about uh, part two in uh, 28 weeks later, sorry, instead of 28, days later was the the actions like something that we kind of touched on a little bit uh, earlier was the set pieces in this movie were fucking yeah. top notch like the yeah. the napalm sequence the, the sniper scene you spoke about earlier the helicopter yeah. sequence you know the, the whole thing in Wembley and everything like you know it's just the scope yeah. of scale of the movie like but what did you think of the action sequences Adam? Yeah, I, th- I thought they were fantastic, but not like, and it wasn't just because, like, the thing that a lot of people get frustrated frustrated by with regards to to say what, what Disney's doing at the moment is they will give uh, a Marvel movie to a director, and then and they'll say, right, we want you to deal with all of this stuff, but these are specific action scenes that we've already planned ahead of time, so you're just gonna have to work them in there because that's what, and it has nothing to do with the plot necessarily. It's just. It's just like a, a rope by numbers action scene. We're gonna we're gonna make it look cool because we can do this now and do this now. And this here's the technology we've been working on and, and stuff we've been working on and whatever. The scenes that we were looking at uh, in 28 uh, weeks later are specific to the situation that's going on. It wasn't like oh we're, let's have Wembley in it and and then you're going to just write the, the story around Wembley. Yeah. It's like it was there for a reason. That the 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 all of the people getting who are you know technically innocent but in a, in a quarantined area getting you know the, the sniped to the head as they're trying to flee that's there not because it's a cool looking scene but because that is it, it's it's based on the theme it's based on the backbone of the, the structure of the story and so they have so much more it's it, it looks awesome of course it looks awesome but it's also it has so much weight to it, you know mm. what I mean? Right from again from that very opening scene, man. That opening sequence is just it's a, it's it's a masterpiece. It really yeah. is a masterpiece. It uses all its action sequences to convey the stakes of the world that they're living in. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? And the decisions people have to make in those crunch moments. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, uh, the sister nearly left her brother behind and she's seen being bit by the father, but yeah, she still went back and it shows that the, the things, the decisions people make in these moments that even though she put herself at risk, it's all about yeah. saving her brother. And like, even when like Robert Carlyle's sequence, it looks like this big mad gory action sequence, but in the end of the day, it falls down to that big decision that has to be made. At exactly. The end, save your wife or do you let her go? Do you save yourself? And probably even in that moment, you're, you're so heightened and you're so instinct that you're probably not even thinking your body probably just takes over and just takes off you know and it just shows yeah. you like that 
even though there is a lot of gore in this movie, like it's all in um like it all benefits the story. Like it, yeah. it that's it, and it's and all of us ask big questions at the end, like you said, the sniper sequence. It's like it's not about people being shot in the head and all that, it's about the decisions being made by those snipers yeah. in those moments. Do we kill civilians? Uh, is it worth it? Do what's the do we risk the, the outbreak growing even further, getting outside the containment zone, all these things? And then it's like they have to call in Napalm and then they have to make the decision. Do we try and help civilians or do we just save ourselves? And you like Jeremy Renner makes a decision that I'm gonna get down there. I'm going to try to do some sort of good and like and yeah. he's the kind of the morality backbone of the story in that sense that like it shows you even in these war times or these crazy moments that people do make these extra kind of decisions that they go down and they look and go there is real human life here and even though i'm only saving four or five people out of these couple of thousand at least i'm saving someone and this shows that like even though it's a big massive action sequence we get to see napalm in london and all these craziness that the real crux of the scene is jeremy renner deciding to leave his post and to go down and to rescue who he can and get them out there in whatever way he can like you know so even though the action is is crazy and it's like way bigger than the first movie, it always serves the narrative as it moves along and it always has big decisions intertwined in it. What do you think, Noel? Yeah, you know, I was I've said to you, Vin, so many times we've said to each other that uh, you know, you have a scene where somebody dies and it's absolutely awful, and then you have another scene and it's Armageddon or something, and uh, a meteorite like goes through an absolutely major building in the world and we go you back know, to Stalin, dude. people are wiped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do we do it away a bit too much. Uh, but I always said that this one somehow had a huge death scale, and mm. every mm. single one of them felt kind of tragic, yeah, and yes. awful. Mm, and yeah. and I to, to kind of uh to have like a hundred plus deaths in a movie and have them all feel horrific, mm. like really dark, more some more than others, and some like not so much. And of course, if everything oh thanks, man. Uh, everything inside of that scale but at the same time this film actually did that I thought it had this bereft kind of feel to it and I remember like you know the scene again where the sniper's taking everything and there's the little kid and he's about to be bit and somebody takes him out and the kid has the blood all over him and I'm thinking like god this is this is bleak yeah you know I felt it I actually felt it and again, you because you can have a scene where, again, like New York gets wiped out or Paris or something, and you're kind of like, wow, so I know a million people are dead. Again, I go back to the Avengers New York scene. That must have had hundreds of thousands of deaths. Absolutely. Um, but you didn't really, you didn't see them. You got, you seen destroyed buildings and fuck destroyed buildings. They're not my buildings. I don't give yeah. a fuck about them. Yeah. It's the, mm. but the loss of human life I would care about. Uh, go, on, quote Stalin. Actually... go on, do it. Just quote Stalin, dude. Yeah, no, oh, God, <laughs> fine. Kill, kill one person, it's a tragedy. Kill something, something, it's it's, it's, it's a kill a million, it's, it's a statistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking shame, Stalin, dude, and he's a horrible monster. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but I, this film actually managed to do that, and that's not easily done in a storytelling. It isn't. You and can't kill 120, because you can't introduce 100 people. You yeah. can't. And no. if you did, that would be your film, and that would be shit. So but they were I, focusing I on the defining moments. They were like mm, what, exactly. that, that, that sequence that's taking place there. There's two things going on because you have the snipers who we don't even know, but we just know that they're human beings killing other innocent human beings because they're like, we need to stop this outbreak from spreading at this point because yeah. we're, you know we're, we're we're risking we're doing uh, it, it the, but the, we the, fucking the hate. 
Absolutely. But then you also have the, the people who you're following on the ground. You have Jeremy Renner, who is the only sniper or the, the only military man who's there with the group. And he turns mm. to this other fully grown man and he's like, OK, I need you to be a distraction because if you just make a, a beeline for that spot over there, he, the sniper is going to show himself. I'll take out the sniper. And then he's got it. And the man is like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And it takes the child. The child is like, okay, this is what needs to be done. I'm going to go do it. And it's just like, well, you know, who, who are you going to be in that moment? Are you going to be, are you going to be the child or are you, you know, the, are you the fully grown man who's like, I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? Yeah. So like you, you're following those are, those are defining moments. One is a defining moment for, for, for human beings in general, you know, where it's like these, all, all these snipers are doing these things under orders. And then one is a defining moment for a very specific character where you're like, yeah, kid, go for it. Like, you know, and, 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 and the fact that the, if you can build your action scene around defining moments for the theme and for the character, then you're going to have a kick-ass scene no matter what. And then just, you know, you, the more visceral you can add to it, the more you're going to get, you're going to get an emotional response from the audience. That fucking helicopter scene, man, is insane. Where he's just yeah. like, oh man, like that, that's one thing I love about uh, zombie movies. When you get that real cool mowing down scene. I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead, but there's a sequence where Michonne and Rick, they drive two cars. They're on the opposite sides of a motorway. And they run wire across between the two cars and they just drive it through a horde of zombies and just like decapitating zombies and cutting them in half, like like by the right. dozen. And like, that's one thing I love, like, is like when you get as a good zombie movie and you get the horde together, you have to get one good horde scene. And like, yeah. I love the scene with the helicopter where he he goes down, he starts like chopping the shit out. Like, uh, what did you think of that scene? It's just like, uh, like wouldn't this movie, it kind of wanted the aspects of it there. It kind of increases ambition in terms of the action as well, like, you know, in the gore. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And again, and again, you know, the 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 issue there obviously is they've got they they've they've gone to this the the, the helicopter pilot who's the who's a mate of Jeremy Renner's. Uh, you know they've they've gone there under uh, like and they've misled him because they haven't he hasn't been told that anyone other than Jeremy Renner is going to show up so yeah. then he's immediately it's like he's, he's on the back foot straight away where it's like okay I didn't know this was going to happen so you're instantly creating conflict yeah. the guy has to decide in the moment in the hot seat right do I do I get all these people on the chopper or is it too much of a risk and he again you know it, 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 for me the fact that the film sticks so rigidly to the theme that it's trying to, you know, is that it's like the needs of the many and, and then the needs of the few, you know? Yeah. And at what point, where is that, where there is no hard and defined line because you've got it, this humanity uh, human, for humanity's sake. At one, it's a, it's a moving level. line when everything goes shit as well. Sure, it becomes sure. a moving line. It does. It yeah. just does. Absolutely. So he's in the hot seat and he has to make a decision in that moment. And you see him making the decision where it's like, no, I cannot take these people. And then one guy tries to get on the, you know, jump onto the side. Of the yeah, it's like, always one guy, isn't it? Yeah, there's always one absolute weak ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the same dude. That's the same dude that didn't run for the sniper as well. Exactly, yeah. the same soy boy. Fucking yeah. bastard. And then, so, yeah. 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 You remember the Family Guy thing? It was like, uh, uh, I'd like you to meet like bitchy, nasty, and suicidey. I have a feeling about suicide. <laughs> it's always that guy who decides to like, you know, the military point the gun at you and say no, and then you kind of go. They don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, playing, they're playing hard to get. I'm sure if I jumped on the side here, everything's going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> it's another one of those things as well with, with uh, what you were saying with the, the, the chopper scene. Like, I'm sure as much as there was a ton of money thrown at this film, that's also one of those things where I don't think that 
aside from the actual helicopter itself, the, the, the you know, the, the fields and fields, uh, the fields of um, the zombies coming running and then getting decapitated and, and splattering all over the place, that actually wouldn't be all that hard to, to pull off to achieve. And yet it looks so, it's so intense and it's so like, you know. Uh, Visceral. Yeah, visceral. Like we keep referring to that, visceral. but it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like it's, yeah. zombies, all about the guts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you gotta have the obligatory blood and guts. Uh, yeah, it's like one thing I loved about this as well is just like um, in in kind of but, but in different ways, but in the same kind of sense that it uh, when the zombies were approaching, because they're like one thing about fast zombies is that you have so little time. With like slow Sorry. zombies, even though slow zombies, I totally understand the appeal. It's supposed to represent death. You know, death's always coming, no matter how far you live or whatever you do in your life, yeah. you're always going to die, no matter what. So like zombies is kind of the living personification of death, always there marching towards you and all this shit. But like with fast zombies, it's like it's always in the moment decision making. It's constant. Yeah. Like you're it's all because you're you're literally being hunted. By like a cheater or something like it's it's a human that's always going to be running 30 miles an hour because it never gets tired from running the 30 miles an hour like it's need to feed or it's need to destroy and create havoc is like it's it's never ending so like i love in these moments in this movie that like when you have the hordes coming out and shit like that that you can feel the real sense of urgency and dread because of the impending danger or whatever and that's one thing fast zombies do definitely have the slow zombies don't have because slow zombies a lot of it is you have to go backs against the wall you kind of have to put yourself in a situation that there's only one way out and then the horde closes in on you whereas fast zombies is no matter what situation you're in if there's a horde coming at you you're going to have to start making decisions very quickly and that's what yeah. i thought this moment uh, movie did very well like you know and it's probably more terrifying realistically than I know, like you, you wouldn't really think about it, whether, you know, in a mo- in, in a situation where it's like, would I rather be chased by cheetahs or chased by zombies? <laughs> it doesn't one doesn't sell much better than the other. But at the same time, it's like the, the, the scary, the really scary thing about, about zombies and especially fast zombies is that these guys aren't coming like the instinct of a cheetah is to take you down, get its maw around your neck, kill you. Instantly, oh yeah. Do and, the and job. Then, it's yeah. Get you killed, get job. you dead and then eat you when you're dead, really. But the, the, the zombies it's like they're first of all they haven't got big claws and big teeth to take you out that quickly yeah. you're gonna get bitten by these little things right mm. and you're gonna and it's gonna be really slow while Beaten you're still alive they don't want you dead first they're just gonna just go straight to, to having dinner mm. so when you really think about it it's way more traumatic to 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 sit around knowing oh yeah yeah these are the guys that are after me and i'm, I'm living day to day trying to stay away from, from oh this. that's why that's why i didn't necessarily agree with the analogy just in the sense that like if if you threw a, a tire off a cliff, it would fall till it hits the ground. Well, if you threw a tire off a cliff that's a million miles deep, it'll just fall till it hits the ground. It doesn't care. It's mm. relentless. It's not that mm. it's put thought into it. It's not that it's putting even effort into it. It simply is doing what it does. Yeah. And for us, we would get tired of something or we would relent, yeah. but they don't relent. And that's what's so fucking scary about it. Yeah. And one thing yeah. I liked about the 28 days kind of uh, universe and the rules they have around the rage victims and zombie is how quick you turn. And how ferocious yeah. you become as soon as you turn. It's like, got oh, 20 seconds. It's kind of like reminding me of the scene in World War Z. Oh, 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Donald you know, Gleason or whatever in the yeah, first one. Brendan Gleason. Um, Brendan Gleason. Sorry, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, but it was, and he was fighting it because yeah. he was his own kid. He was fighting it. Like he Exactly, was yeah. And like, like, drop of a hat. It's kind of like in World War Z, the Brad Pitt movie where uh, in New York, where he's like one Mississippi to mississippi like you know and he's trying to figure out exactly what this uh the turn situation yeah, is yeah, because yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, when you have a rate of affection that is so contagious and it also 
breaks through the system or your nervous system or your immune system so quickly and then turns you so fast and then you know, straight away you attack someone and you turn like in that New York scene the guy in the car the guy breaks through his window he attacks him and then the guy in the car attacks everyone in the car people in the car start pouring out and attacking everyone and you have this like insane in chain reaction and that's what I love about the scene in London, the initial outbreak when Robert Carlyle uh, gets turned by his wife, beats his wife to death, and then you have this chaos that ensues afterwards. That it's so quick that it is like wildfire, and it's so hard yeah. to contain. And that's what the stakes are always so high. And that's why when we see the end, and we see that it gets out to Paris, and even though I'm like you, I love when they leave it to your imagination. But when you know for a fact that it's gotten out there and stuff, and you've seen the devastation just caused in London. And now you can see the devastation that's going to cause on a continental scale. That oh yeah, like, that's what I love about the rage virus. It's not just Paris; it's mainland Europe. Yeah, exactly. Because once you, know, you get out, once you Paris, get into yeah. France, like you're you're in Germany, Italy, Spain. You're in like, Russia. Yeah. You're like you're in Asia. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it's fucking. Those two movies are far more apt to compare, I think, than like 28 Days Later evolves into 28 Weeks Later in that it's following the same the same internal logic, but it's doing something completely different tonally uh, with the character, totally new characters and everything. Mm. If you, but in terms of that tone, when you're looking at fast zombies and you're looking at what's happening to a nation, then World War Z, comparing World War Z with 28 Weeks Later would make more sense, I think, mm. to, 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 to compare. And for me, I've, I, I didn't, I, I, I've never read the World War Z books, but I didn't, awesome. find the, I didn't find the film as compelling as 28 Weeks Later, though. Mm. And I think, again, what it comes down to is the, you, the, the, the levels of stakes. For me, the fact that 28 Weeks Later stuck so rigidly to what they were trying to say with the, you know, what, how, many, how many sacrifices is too many? Or, or how, how much sacrifice is not enough yeah. where it's like at what point you go we have to save the human race we have to you know saving these people is better than than uh, and, and sacrificing others is better than trying to save those others but everybody ends up dying uh, yeah. you know and it's, so constantly being rigid with that with that philosophy i think is what amplifies 28 weeks later for me and amplifies any good film because any good film is going to have external stakes mm. right any good film is going to have internal stakes <clears throat> yeah. so with 28 weeks 28 weeks later the external stakes we have to outlive this uh, this uh, this virus At all the internal costs. stakes is the family you know the family want to survive and they want to be they want to be together but the philosophical stakes is what I've been talking about in terms of like the needs of the many and the needs of the few. So the fact that it has that extra layer, that's what separates, I think, a fantastic movie from a, just a decent a piece of entertainment. Yeah, 28 weeks crap. later. Listen, 28 <laughs> weeks later, the, the big question is kind of like, how many humans do we have to kill to let humanity survive in this island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they're constantly asking themselves throughout that. Like, like shit, how many yeah. people do we have to kill to actually have any hope for people on this island? And that's what they're constantly doing. Even in 28 days later, like the the soldiers like you know they're they're always like they're trying to like create some sort of like how many people do we have to kill to create the moral for my and that's the chris rexon's character he's like mm -hmm. and like i have to give him women i told him we have women because they need to believe right. in the future you know so that's the yeah. kind of questions that they're asking like constantly in, th in this kind of franchise is like what do we have to do to have a future and what decisions do we have to make and it turned into like pretty much nearly almost genocidal proportions in yeah. like in 28 weeks later it's like so we're going to actually literally have to kill the entirety of this sector because otherwise there's going to be nothing left 
for people to come in afterwards. And it's like these moments and these big decisions to have to make for the future of humanity in, in 28 weeks later, in like 28 days later, it's it's smaller scale because they're just like, you're making these decisions for the initial group that are around you, like Brendan Gleeson, safety of his uh, daughter, um, uh, Killian Murphy's love interest I can't remember her name but she, she kills her friend like immediately after turning because she doesn't want him to turn and kill her and attack Killian Murphy so the yeah. decisions were similar but the stakes were just so much higher 28 weeks later and that's what yeah. I loved about it and it was a perfect natural evolution of the story like you mentioned that it shows you like how the story they stuck to the strict rules that were set when 28 days later but they looked at the stakes and how those things would evolve looking at the the kind of evidence that was provided from the original source and they go how would they evolve given time given certain circumstances and how would people evolve and how would the decision making process be and how would it evolve and how would it affect humanity and, how, and all these things and that's what I love about 28 weeks later that it might be maligned in some circles but it looks to me and it feels to me like a perfect evolution of the source yeah. material and that's the only thing you can really ask for from a sequel like you know and i think it's the most important thing to ask for from a horror movie in general mm. like when I, I was saying to you guys when we were talking about about follow the dead and why i made that it wasn't necessarily that i wanted to make a horror film but horror just made the most sense to tell that particular story uh, that i wanted to tell which is can we as millennials handle as much um, as as our uh, ancestors may have been able to, to handle because we live in such a, a an age where we're where we're where we're really comfortable where you're looking at you it's it's really important to, to to if you're if you're dealing with dark subject matter to not be afraid of going down the route of something that's completely and utterly terrifying and so in, in this scenario obviously when you're when you're looking at uh, as you pointed out in the first one where it's like how uh, when 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 the, in the first one it's like when zombies have torn society to shreds what what's stopping us from making up our own rules uh, and and making up our own uh, our own morals um, within our own small circle. So this got this general has justified giving these women to his men because that's what giving them a reason to live. Like yeah. he's justified that in his head, and it's really dark. Yeah. But he's legitimately he was probably a good guy before the the proverbial hit the fan. Of and, course. And yet, and now he's like, okay, I, I, this is something I have to do in order for for humanity to survive. Yeah. And then in this in in the second one, as you say, like the stakes are even higher uh it, it, you know you, you need to go there you really really need to go there um and and horror it, you know horror is um is the perfect vehicle to be able to talk about that the, the dark moral subject matter um that we're we may be afraid to to look at in our day-to-day -day lives there's a, a an author um he's actually a a, a writer and, and um producer for the bbc his name's uh, john york he has a book called into the woods and he even he talks about the place that you 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 need to go a story is about going into the woods extracting uh well what jordan peterson would call extracting uh, uh order from chaos i think and then coming back and the reason you're going into the woods is you need to go into the dark that you need to go into the place where you're where you where, the, where it is dark where the light doesn't exist where you don't already know the the answers where you don't have all of the information you need to go into that that, that really really dark place and these two movies do that really well they're willing to go into the really dark place and ask really serious things of you which again is why that opening scene when he's got a choice to either go save his wife or close the door on her face that is such an intense moral conundrum you yeah. know and we're, we all feel that intrinsically yeah, and that's what it shows that, like, from the outset, it shows you exactly the tone of the movie that it's going to be not just frenetic, 
by the heart of it all. It's going to be about decision making in the mm. crux moments. And what would you do? And it's going to ask you all these massive moral questions. And this is, yeah, it's just using the zombie word as characters, not main, yeah, yeah, not just main characters. Yeah, and you could just yeah. say like you could just boil it all down to desperation. Yeah, if you want to boil it into your own life. Boil it down yeah. to desperation. So, so no. Before we get the fuck out of here, dude, what do you think of Twenty Eight Weeks there? Do you think it was a good follow up? Twenty Eight Days there. I think it was a great film. I never understood why it was maligned. I've seen it when it came out. I loved it, and then everyone was like, "Ah, oh, oh, oh. I was like, it's not the same film. It wasn't trying to be the same film. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't judge it on the same. That's the same principles. I simply didn't. It was like the the what I was taught they might do with a quiet place too was now this has happened to the world. Mm. So maybe talk about it from somebody else in the world uh, and uh, which they might do with the third one or maybe, but that's what I thought they might do. And yeah. this one did that. And I thought that they, they widened the scope. They didn't try and tell the same story. So I held no, none of my original parameters and I enjoyed it for what it was. I love this movie. It was a great movie. And, Adam, really and Adam, do you think it was a good follow-up and do you think we'll see one more? Do you think we're going to see 28 months later at some stage? 28 I, years later at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't think that they'll do it because I think at this stage, it's like you, you, you probably have, I'd say someone like Danny Boyle, like I'll have a certain uh, amount of time where he's buzzing off of the, the same, you know, whatever it was that got him eager to make those films in the first place. And after a certain amount of time, I'd say that's just going to wear off. He didn't direct so, like, the sequel. He, just, he didn't direct the sequel. No, no, I think well, then maybe. Is that Tino dude, I think? Okay. Well, then there's there's potential there, I guess. Um, I, I, I thinking about it that way, I don't understand why they haven't done it at all. Because search like we're we're constantly seeing uh, intellectual property is the only yeah. thing that gets made these days. You know, it's it, it, they've they've got a franchise there that they know they have they'll have an audience for. So Juan, why why hasn't been made? Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Okay. Okay. But like fair play, like I, I was thinking that it was it was himself again. So the f- fair play to your man for, for doing such a fantastic job on it. Because um, he recaptured the tone of the first one in a lot of ways, didn't he? Yeah, it's, it's it, 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 again, it's about maintaining the internal logic of the thing, and he did. You know, he did that to 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 a great degree, and um and yeah. I mean, I, uh, the other thing that we didn't mention as well is that it is a star-studded cast because there's lot for, even people who are like Idris Elba is in it and he's barely in it, but he's yeah. there. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 he's there. He he's did that for a while, didn't thing. he? He just shows up every now and again, looking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is yeah. cool, motherfucker. She was huge. Yeah, making yeah. me question my sexuality, the fucker. <laughs> Rose Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, Rose so, Byrne, Im- Imogen Poots, you know, mm. and then and then obviously Robert Carlyle and, and and Jeremy Renner, they're all doing, you know, they're they, those are the kind of actors that you know can carry the weight of, uh, uh, you know, of, of the of any story, and so I think they they all did an exemplary job on top of the fact that it was well directed and it was well written and it's and it's continuing the universe. I don't understand the hate. I really don't. And I was literally, I literally, I said to my, my brother is a cinephile, the same as myself. And I said to him that I was coming on your podcast to talk about this. And he goes, why did you pick that movie? Like, <laughs> Watch it again. Yeah. Watch Fuck it again. You. Like, yeah. It's, it's aged like a fine wine. Like, you know, in terms of like yeah. uh, sequels no. to iconic movies, like, you know, like 28, la- 28 Days Later is an iconic movie and so hard to follow yeah. that up and to follow up so successfully. Like, what do people need and what do people want? Like, you know, and especially from the horror franchise, sorry, the horror genre, where sequels are oftentimes shit in comparison to the originals. And, like, we're so lucky to actually have an awesome sequel. And the fact that people had such a negative reaction, a lot of corners, this makes no sense. It's probably the only reason we haven't seen another installment in the franchise in, like, 15 years, which, like, is crazy considering how good the first two movies are. You know what I mean? Because we've seen so many franchises bled um, with so little 
to give in the first place. You know what I mean? In comparison to the source material for part one and two, that there's so much easy evolution here to happen yeah. because of the way it ended. You know, so Noel, before we get the fuck out here, do you want to say anything else or will we go? How about you, Adam? One more thing, Ryan? Yeah, no, I'd go to bat for this film. I actually think it was an absolutely great choice. And considering our last podcast, I had to sit through the last bit of art for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, no, I think it was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I just do. I just, it's a it's a thing, like you said, Vin, it, it aged like a fine wine. But I think it's when people were able to step away from something and they look back on it as just being an isolated film that they realize that they can enjoy it. And um, false expectations, I think, were put on it. And I think, it, I, I, I just think it's a great film. I just, I ended up watching this and I just think, well, I was just remember going, this is kind of epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of like, it's got so many major, like major action scenes. And it's also had a lot of heaviness to it, a lot of brevity. And um, yeah, no, I, I'd recommend this film to anyone. I how really about, would. How about you, Adam? Do you recommend it? I would especially recommend it for, for filmmakers, to be honest. If you want to learn how to write a good story, that is definitely a good movie to turn to, especially if you want to write horror. It, it, as far as personal tastes are concerned, people will like what they'll like and they won't like what they won't like. And if, you, you know, if, you're, not, if you're not particularly uh, uh, interested in anything other than being entertained, if you didn't like it, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. But I would say to anyone who's, who's, uh, who's aspiring to, to, to make movies, look at that film. Look at the, the opening sequence, A, as an example of one of the best ways ever to open your film, because it says everything that needs to be said. It did everything that need, it needed to do in terms of getting a, an emotional response. But it also sets up the themes perfectly and then pay attention to every single subsequent scene and how it builds on the same idea, the same principle from that very first scene all the way to the end. And again, you know, the after credits thing where they run into Paris, I, I, you know, that's a, a, bit of a, a bit annoying for me. But apart from that, from beginning to end, it is paying really close attention to what it's trying to say. It's not just trying to entertain you, even though it will do that too. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's what it does. Like, it hits all the beats that it tries to hit. Like, that's that's the best thing about it. Like, the, it literally, it, every action sequence sings, every, like, dramatic uh, moment hits you. Every death really counts. Even people that you don't know the names of, like Noah was saying, like hundreds of people are getting shot and they're all tragic. Like, you know what I mean? All these moments, like, and everything that had to build off from the first one, that it fitted itself perfectly into its world and it upped the stakes. It, it created greater scope and it still, it still, you know, it kept all the tone and all the kind of same things that made the first one special and incorporated into its story while still building on the universe. And people don't think that's a good movie. They're entitled to their opinion, but they also can fuck off because they're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> people are entitled to be wrong. We yeah. we we yeah, we, we champion, champion that on yeah. <laughs> yeah, we champion this all the time. People are entitled to be wrong, and they're wrong yeah. about this movie if they don't like it. And that was Invasion <laughs> Polly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Lord John Tui. And that was Adam Kale. And Adam, thank you so much for coming. And that was 28 weeks later. See you next time, motherfuckers. Peace. No, it's a peace. Peach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.